Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome to our LGBTQIA2 plus charity stream. I am being joined by Beta, Lara, and Phil. Um, you can see Lara and Phil's Twitch channels right under their faces. We figured that was the easiest way to know how to contact them. I don't know if you should contact them as much as just watch them. Uh, but today we are raising money for the Trevor Project, which works to prevent suicide for LGBTQIA2 plus youth. I have to get used to saying the long acronym, and then I'm also going to shorten it at times. If I say LGBT, I am referring to the entire alphabet of, uh, I, I guess I almost said alphabet mafia, but we've had a whole discussion on that. Um, but exclamation mark Trevor will give you the link to our Tiltify, where we are raising money. We have a $200 goal right now. Uh, any amount helps. So if you are able to, we appreciate that. In addition, we have a resource link that we're going to reference a bit throughout this podcast, exclamation mark LGBT. We'll give you the entire Google Doc of resources if you are someone who is kind of just figuring yourself out. If you maybe need more crisis level resources, if you're an LGBT plus youth, or, sorry, even adult that is in need of speaking to a hotline, we have crisis center resources within that document as well. If you are an ally or someone newer to the community that is just looking for a place to start, then that is what you can do there. Yeah, we're just going to talk about kind of our experiences within this community and go from there. If you want to start off talking a little bit about your journey thus far, anything that, you know, relates to our LGBTQ community. I've actually been surrounded by the community pretty much my entire life because uh, my uncle, when he was a teenager, came out as gay. So when we were growing up, though, he was only open to, like, friends and he actually moved states when we were not even born yet and i think he had left just to be openly gay because i think there were parts of our family that uh he didn't think would react well but um i know that like his siblings and stuff knew and he had told my grandma and grandfather and he had moved back when me and my sister were born and then moved away like when i was like seven but he actually moved away to move in with his boyfriend who he had been with for I think like five years at that point. They had moved to California and he'd been there ever since. So I've been surrounded by, you know, the community a lot. And then when I was in middle school and high school, I did a lot of theater and drama. And there are a lot of people who are very much open about their pronouns and their, their identity and their sexual orientation and all of that stuff. So it was definitely uh, an easy way to think about what... I was just sort of see and be able to ask questions and and just have like a caring environment where if you did have questions you had someone that could answer them and I would say probably my senior year in high school I started to internally just identify as um, as pansexual um, and I didn't tell anyone though because even though I was in a supportive community I did see a lot of um gatekeeping like from friends because i actually had a lot of friends who were um openly gay and i had a few friends that were openly um bisexual and pansexual and um some of them were very like gatekeepy about you saying something and then they you almost had to qualify you know like you almost had to they're like okay well like 
I'll prove it, you know? Like, it was very, uh, it just seemed very hostile. So up until a few, actually up until this month, um, I told, I haven't told my family or anyone like that. I just told um, the community <laughs> and close friends. Um, yeah, it, it's, it definitely was something that kept me there because you, when you do your own research and stuff like that and you don't have a ton of people to talk to about it, you definitely don't want to feel like you're stepping on someone's toes and you get like imposter syndrome and you feel like anything you say doesn't really have weight. And so I very much felt like I, I couldn't say that because I didn't have anything to back it up. Um, but yeah. It, it is really nice to be able to say that to people and like have people that know that and and be comfortable being who you know I've known I was for seven years. <laughs> so. There is something to be said for finding the people that you actually can be open with about who you are. And I was definitely more of an ignorant child, one not knowing that. I identified this way and went by these pronouns, mm -hmm. but finding that community that really just accepts you for you, it's a level of just weight lifted that is unexpected. Moving on to you, Laura, whatever you're right. comfortable sharing with us. <laughs> well, my story is actually very simple. I always knew I was different, but I did not know what was wrong, per se. So... Basically, I made myself unhappy very much to a point of depression. Then when I, um, let me see how it is. I got my, my dad uh, recorded a TV program actually for that was with some, uh, some people that had something life-changing happen to them. And they went on a vacation for a week with their family. And then in that week, they would share their story. The one that my dad recorded by complete accident was one of a transgender woman. And when she told her story, it was very much relatable for me. Like, like so many puzzle pieces started to fall in the right places. So I'm very, uh, very lucky with my family because like my parents always told me, no matter who you are, no matter what you want to be, uh, we love you. So I felt very safe coming out to them. Um, my grandparents as well, like they also, my grandma has a far cousin that also is transgender. So I felt very safe coming out. And when I came out, my mom actually told me that when I was five and was taking swimming lessons, it's, uh, I already said I wanted to be a girl. So it's always been there within me. The thing is, 20 years ago, I'm, I live in the Netherlands for people that want to know, and the Netherlands are pretty progressive. However, 20 years ago, even that was still gay. Gay marriage was still a little bit weird. It was legalized, but it was still a bit weird. And that's why, and don't even talk about transgender. Like right now, there's a lot of transgenders uh, in the media here. A lot of um, spokespersons for transgenders, so it's come. It's a little bit more talked about, so it's a little bit more easy for children even to come out and say what they want to be. 
And 20 years ago, that's, that was just not there. And that's why it took me very long. I was 23 when I came out. I'm 26 now. So yeah, that's basically uh, my story. Phil? I think I think it always felt a, a little bit weird in my body. Um, and when I was a teenager, I realized that I wasn't only attracted to men or to boys, I suppose, at the time. Um, so when I was a teenager, I was fairly open about the fact that I was bisexual. Um, and I did have people around me at that point who also um, did not identify as straight. Uh, but even then, I suppose the there was a level of ignorance um, within myself and then also in people around me. Um, but as I've uh, as I've grown up and I've I've made more friends of um, different sexualities and backgrounds and such, um, I've still been exploring myself. Um, I've had conversations with some friends about how I feel about my gender. Um, and I'm still not really sure, to be honest. Um, I'm still kind of figuring that out. Um, and having watched Babbling Goat um, yesterday, I was just sort of pushed forward and inspired. And I'd actually had a conversation with Leah um, and said that I had these sort of thoughts for a while. And you know, like aim maps. I, I know there's a lot of warm was... maps, but I don't know what other. Sorry, I was trying to link. <laughs> Although I have been like very open about being like from being a teenager to deciding that I identified more as pansexual um, and being very open about that. It was very scary to sort of to continue to be exploring myself. It was, I, do, I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody, um, but like it was almost like I was very comfortable with the identifiers that I had, that I had found before, but like, it almost felt like it was too much. Like, oh, so you thought you were a bisexual and then you think you're pansexual and now you think that maybe you're not a woman as well and that maybe you're androgynous or, or something else or, or still try and it just, yeah. Uh, so basically as of yesterday, um, I took the step to say, okay, I, I'm using the pronoun she, they, um, and in terms of sexuality, I've kind of come to the decision of like, it's just, it's just queer. Um, and I think part of that was because of gatekeeping, but also part of it is that I personally don't necessarily put a huge amount of, um, there isn't a, a huge amount of importance for me on labels. Um, and I think it's, I think there's something that can be very helpful for people. Um, and they have been helpful for me through my life. But at this point, I'm just like, I'm not straight. I'm probably not just a woman. 
um and that's kind of where i am and i'm still kind of it's still messy for me uh, it's still an exploration phase um but yeah it's uh it's been it was an emotional moment yesterday um but oh yeah that's where i am still I, figuring it out i love that though i think I think it's incredibly important in terms of representation to show people that this really is a journey. And that is something that was really nice that Bab said on yesterday. If you have not followed Babbling Goat, please go do so. He's incredible. The panel yesterday was really great. I'm sure the VOD is still up. I just think it's important for everyone to remember that this is a journey. It's an okay, it's okay at any point to change what you go by. And, and someone in the podcast yesterday, or panel, yeah, sorry. It was, was Paige who said... Uh... It, that uh, th that doesn't mean any of them weren't true in the moment. Right, it doesn't invalidate what you were before, like you might have been that thing. Like if you were bisexual and then you realized that you were gay, that doesn't invalidate at that point that you were bisexual because you might have just been bisexual. Like it is all a journey as you go. Yes. You know, and you're you're not invalidating your old self or your new self by being something before or after that. Exactly. I'm going to quickly you... share my experiences and then i want us to dive deeper into the gatekeepiness as that seemed to have been the overarching theme when we've talked about this this podcast um so i i thought i liked other genders in middle school and high school but because stereotypically women hitting on women is so de-romanticized I don't think I realized that I truly felt that way. I thought it was just, you know, another straight girl that hits on other straight girls until I like super realized, oh, wait, I want to date them. That's weird. <laughs> I don't just want to hit on you. I do think I, we'll get back into the gatekeepingness, so I won't jump too far into it. But I definitely agree with all of you saying that I think it's such a detriment to people coming out sooner and even feeling comfortable exploring themselves due to gatekeepiness. And I didn't come out until college to myself or anyone. I had friends tell me that I lied to my boyfriend that I've been with for now eight or nine years and that not telling him immediately before we started dating that I am bi is a misrepresentation. And the thing is, I didn't know that I identified as bi when we started dating. So how was I to have informed him? It, of course, I am incredibly lucky. I have a partner that his only question when I told him was, do you still love me and want to be with me? And I said, yes. He goes, great. <laughs> that was perfect. And so that made me feel very, you know, accepted. And I know that that's not everyone's experience. So I understand where I am lucky in that sense. I definitely dealt with a lot of people hypersexualizing me from a young age and that only got worse when I identified as bisexual. I had a lot of friends who would ask me to be a third in like sexual things with them and their partner. I never agreed to them because I don't like sharing. That's not me. <laughs> and that's that's not against anyone who open relationships work for you or just hooking up works for you. It just never worked for me and that wasn't something for me. But being hypersexualized by your friends because of your sexuality was incredibly difficult for me as I already was experiencing a lot of hypersexualization as a young person growing up because I developed a chest at a pretty early age and like got lots of attention I didn't want. And interesting, interestingly enough, I think that has 
maybe partially influenced why my pronouns have changed to she, they, and why I sometimes feel such a huge disconnect with being a female, being a woman. I sometimes feel so horribly disconnected and I'm still working through the process of is that mostly due to trauma and people hypersexualizing me or do I genuinely, genuinely also just not identify with she, her as much anymore? Um, I have a binder now that I wear sometimes um, that makes me just feel less disconnected from my body at points. I do very much feel how much of a journey this is and how there are times where I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm a little lost. <laughs> Help me out here. It was a rough growing up having all of those questions and not knowing what to do with that and not being taught about it. Like that was not discussed mm -hmm. in school. Identifying as anything other than cis, super not discussed in school and I even remember in sex ed, I was not taught anything about types of sex that wasn't heteronormative. Like, I, I was taught shit. I just didn't know. And I think it's incredibly isolating when we're growing up as children dealing with hormones and life, trying to also figure yourself out without any guidance or resources. I've been thinking a lot about all the harm that was done to us probably growing up. So I wanted to ask each of you, and we can go around again in a circle. Of course, if someone has something in particular that they think fits right after someone's, feel free. But I want to talk about specifically what do you think was the most difficult gatekeepy thing that probably stunted your growth within the community and discovering yourself sooner? What do you think that was? Yeah, well, straight people. <laughs> That's literally um, the only gatekeeping I've had so far and hopefully the only gatekeeping i'm gonna get it's straight straight cis people because they are very quick especially guys they are very quick to um to say oh you want to be you want to be with guys then and i like no sexuality doesn't work with that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah basically it's the only um especially when i was younger like you got very much bullied into the ground if you were anything other than straight basically so yeah that's uh that's actually the only gatekeeping i've been uh, subjected to so far i'm not gonna say that's good because that's still really rough and really rough. and yeah. and also scary because there's a lot of safety concerns with gatekeeping especially when when people use this odd idea that somehow fear is a good excuse like an unknown about somebody else is a good excuse for not just gatekeeping but straight up attacking bullying violence because we've seen it in the news even recently someone is using the um i think it was gay panic but i think it was specifically for someone that was attacked or killed that was transgender and so they're using the the transgender panic defense which is the most ignorant, ridiculous defense I've ever heard that you don't understand something and that gives you the right to murder? That doesn't make sense. I don't understand how that's an okay for anything. I can, can I then argue that your ignorance causes me to panic and I murder you? No, that doesn't make sense. It was what you said, like, in, in, especially in high school, like, you are already going through so many changes and we don't get, at least I didn't get any info on anything else than heteronormative sex ed basically yeah even freaking um <laughs> I know, i'm not sure how you say it in english but, uh maatschappijleer it's basically learn you learn about society 
nearly okay. nothing about freaking transgender and whatever. Maybe a, a little bit about pride. I have to say that, but nothing else. And if I think if I got that, then I would have been able to identify very much, very soon, actually. So that's a good yeah. point. It prevents you from even knowing yourself earlier. Like, hello, I could have figured this out a little earlier in life. Not that I'm not saying we should have regrets on that, but it is, I think, an important thing for us to mention so that people who maybe are allies or who are not quite as babby as we are in the LGBT plus community. We will say that a lot because we are not going to claim to be educators that we have been identifying within this community a long time. We will definitely point you to people who we think are better educators. We will constantly point to Babs, on it, honestly. Babs may, may be young in years, but Babs is a lecturer and educator and just seems to be better at actually explaining how things should go versus us just kind of talking about our own experiences. Uh, did you have something to add, Phil, in regards to the gatekeepiness? Yeah, I think I've I've also been actually, on the whole, incredibly lucky. Um, I, I can think of two standout moments in which I felt very... Um, very sort of persecuted and gatekept. Um, in the sense that um, there was a moment when I was in school um, in which I had given some of my favorite teachers Christmas cards and there was a a younger teacher a woman um, who basically I guess complained about me they basically told the I think I think it was the vice the vice headmaster, um, she, she told her that um, that I had made them uncomfortable. So I was pulled into a room and I was told that basically we know that you're very open about being bisexual. You've made this person very uncomfortable, this teacher very uncomfortable by giving them this Christmas card. Um, I think it was particularly the fact that I put like um, with love or something like that. And they, I guess they objected to the word. And I just remember just breaking down and crying because I felt so embarrassed. And I thought if I was straight, this wouldn't have happened. I've given cards to male teachers and I haven't been pulled in for that. And, and I'm not discounting the fact that, you know, she felt uncomfortable with the teacher and that, maybe she felt that that was like a step over a teacher student line for her but it just felt like it was very much centered on the fact that i was bisexual that that this had happened or that this had been brought up and then later in life i when i had decided that i identified more as pansexual I had um, a friend, a, fr a very close friend, who I think also um, would identify as part of the community, tell me that I was not pansexual because the way that I described the way I felt did not match with the definition of pansexuality, I guess, in her mind. And, and I guess she was probably thinking that she was protecting the community. I... But 
it was very, very difficult, especially considering I was going through a very, very bad mental health patch at that time. To have someone who, who obviously I had known for a long time, who I was close to, who I cared about and I, I assume cares about me, say that to me. It was, it, yeah, it was, that, that was probably the worst thing that I have ever experienced. Um, and that sounds like nothing in comparison to what some people go through. But it was like, this is someone who, who I am close to, who I, I go to for love and support. And they are telling me that I am the bad guy, that I am invalidating, like, that part of the community or whatever um that was that was really difficult to mm -hmm. i yeah to be to be made the bad guy i just want to quickly say you know how i feel about the facts saying what you went through isn't as bad as anyone else's because at the end of the day still not okay still super right. bad and the fact that anybody made you feel invalidated is effed up but i also want to point to the whole teacher thing because they the the discussion was brought up that you identified as bi so a thousand percent it is biphobic that mm -hmm. you were brought in to discuss the fact that you wrote with love on a on a letter to the teacher you didn't write i'm madly in love with you please be with me that would be a different discussion right. you didn't write that i'm assuming sorry i'm making an assumption uh, <laughs> i am assuming i think correctly that you didn't write that so, no, I didn't write that. <laughs> right. So that is both. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you bi. At the time, you identify as bi. Now you identify as pan. But I didn't yeah, no, mean to fine. erase that. But that is incredibly bi and panphobic to determine that it, there was an inappropriateness in that letter. So I want you to fully feel validated in the fact that your emotions were not incorrect. You, I think there is a thing that many of us, especially in the community, have this need to almost overcompensate and we try to understand why someone feels the way they do and i'm super mm -hmm. super in the wrong in times where I, I know i bring this up an incredible amount of time but when someone came in here and wanted to have a discussion about people's existence and identities and i allowed the discussion to happen because i try to come from a place of understanding that they don't understand maybe there's this reasoning they're saying these things it's okay not to do that it's okay to right. not actually try to give a shit why that teacher may have felt uncomfortable to the term love because I would give the teacher that benefit if you weren't specifically brought in and mentioned that you're, you're bi at the time. That, right. That's fucked up. We don't need to understand why a person is being ignorant. We do the best we can in terms of educating, providing resources. We don't come at a place of attacking people. But I think there's a, this problem we have where we're severely overcompensating for their mishaps. And right. I just want and you lack to of know not to. wanting to research too. Yes. And I think we all need to know that we, we don't have to constantly do that. I'm even saying that for myself. Right. I also just want to quickly point to the fact we're at $140. Yeah, so I saw. Oh, thank shit. you. Thank you all thank you. so much for donating. Our goal is 200 right now. It'd be incredible if we could hit that. I just want to say thank you so much. We we're really excited that you're all here and listening to our experiences and hopefully can share a little bit of yours and chat if you're comfortable. And as a reminder, guys, if today for some, uh, let me stop using guys. We've had a discussion on gender terms. I'm trying to shift my vocabulary. So apologies. You are welcome to call me out on it. 
if you today identify as he, him, and tomorrow want to identify as he, they, power to you. Do whatever feels right for you. Mm -hmm. This is a journey and that's okay. So gatekeeping moments. Wow, where to start? <laughs> I've, I think oddly enough, I've experienced more gatekeepiness within the community than like Lara experienced a lot more outside of the community. I experienced way more within the community, more paralleling what Phil mentioned. I've definitely been told that I can't be bi if I've not officially dated a woman, mm -hmm. if I have not had sex with a woman. I've been pretty much asked almost like relive my sexual history to prove to people that I am bi enough which, no, not your fucking business, guess what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Unless I want to share it with you, not your business. <laughs> I, I also want to point out the fact that we don't ask straight people to prove they're straight by telling us their sexual history. I don't ask right. you, how do you know that you like the opposite gender or a gender that's not your gender? Have you slept with them? No. Also, ace people exist. We, we are not going to diminish any part of our community they all exist mm -hmm. you don't have to sleep with someone you don't have to be physical with someone to have an attraction towards them to have romantic affection towards them i'm trying to think of like a specific moment that was bad I, oddly enough i think it was just like a lot of little things a lot of little things where people were telling me to prove it being hypersexualized was gross and made me not want to identify anymore i Identified as pan initially, I got made up, made fun of so much for for identifying as pansexual that I have stopped using pansexual and I just don't identify with the term anymore. I identify with bi, but I definitely identify with bi in the way that it's being sexually attracted to two or more genders. I definitely mm -hmm. find myself attracted to a variety of gender identities, non-binary, trans. I don't, I don't seem mm -hmm. to have an overarching preference. I don't necessarily identify as like demisexual. It's I'm I definitely can have initial physical attraction. I don't need like the emotional connection to have that. But mm -hmm. I don't seem to typically care. I don't mean don't care in terms of I'm going to ignore it, but I mean it doesn't change my mind about you in terms of attraction or liking you if you identify as a variety of genders. Right. I don't think I have a specific one though, so you are free to take over, Beta. Well, I would say that I've seen, I've seen gatekeeping throughout all of like middle school and high school, and the group of friends that I used to hang around with in middle school very much were like some of them were homophobic, and some of them that weren't the people that were homophobic. When you actually got to talk about the LGBT community, they were very like like you said they were just very particular like you had to prove it like if so if someone was like oh did you hear that like, this person's gay and they're like yeah well i bet they haven't like done anything with a guy like i bet they did they've never had a boyfriend like you know like very much middle school things but like still gatekeeping and then when i got to high school and people started to you know actually really start identifying as like who they thought they were i saw a lot of people who who were gay say that bisexuals aren't part of the community and that they are just pretending because they want to act like they're part of it like i was friends with a lot of people who went to uh, pride parades and stuff like that and they said bisexual shouldn't be there because i they're probably faking it just so they could be you know part of the parade and i had one friend who uh, i was pretty close with come out as pansexual and i just remember 
there were a lot of people who were saying that that wasn't a real thing. And I just remember like researching and thinking that that's exactly how I wanted to identify like exactly what I felt like I, I was and hearing people who were part of the community say that that's not a real thing as well as people who aren't part of the community said that that's not a real thing, but people who were actually there said that that was just a thing that you put because you wanted to pretend, you know, and I very much like remember having one person say that and I remember them discussing whether Pam was a real thing and this person was defending themselves in and saying it was real and I was saying that, you know, it is a real thing, like they're valid and um like I just remember going home and being like insanely depressed and like just re questioning like whether what I felt like I was feeling was like real. Like whether I really did identify as this thing and I started to just question like you know, am I not part of the community if I identify this way? Like, is there even a point in coming out? Like, do I really feel this way? You know, especially because at the time I had a girlfriend, so I was even more felt like, you know, an, an, an imposter. And so I didn't feel like it was necessary to come out. And, and I think I questioned that for the next few years, whether like, you know, because I obviously believe that when other people come out and say that their pans are bi or um gay or just queer you know it's just like i i know that that's all valid but for some reason in my head just because of all those conversations like i felt like i couldn't do that and i didn't want people to start to qualify you know with me because i've only ever had female partners uh that identified as female and i i i had seen it so much that people um question that you know i even saw in um just in in like passing by just even like small questions that uh uh when i was in college like sitting at the lunchroom table and someone said that they were uh they're like you know i think i identify as bisexual and then this person who identified as gay immediately was like oh well tell me about all the girls you found attractive and it was just like <laughs> that doesn't matter they could literally have found not a single girl attractive yet you know but they just feel like that is who they are you know like they don't need to sit there and like list out this thing of people you find attractive like it's just you know i just didn't want that from just random people you know completely fair i want to move on to discussing labels if we can and because mm -hmm. i think it'll be interesting as i know even some of us within this group have felt labels super help me. I don't have a need for labels. I know all time dependent in your life journey as all. But I do want to discuss that and also discuss language a little bit. We spoke about this as a group already a bit in private. We do want to talk about language and how that's changed over the years and why certain words are no longer accepted, new words that were once not accepted are accepted, and giving grace to the fact that certain people identify with words that we may now find a little, oh, that's not how I know that word to be used, or now it seems to be a little less PC of a word, but why we also need to respect the fact that while we have hardships and we are a different generation, we are lucky and grateful for the people that paved the way and need to give them the respect to identify as they feel fits them too. So I do want to touch on all of that. I know they're not exactly the same topic, but I think labels come into play there. So we can start off. I'll, I'll talk about labels quickly in terms of 
I super, super have found labels to be helpful for me. I think in a lot of aspects of my life, I find labels helpful, like my mental health, for instance, being able to pinpoint that is helpful. I know that's a little different because it's actually something that I need to treat versus <laughs> my sexuality and mm -hmm. gender identification. I'm not right. treating that. But I think it just gives me a place to feel, oh, I, I fit here. And it's not that I have to fit in a box, but I just feel like I don't feel like an other so much when there is this label that I can identify with. And I think that's incredibly important for youth especially that feel so out of sorts and feel as if they don't have a place that fits them and fits who they feel they are. So even if you don't feel like you completely fit the definition of an identifier or a label, Babs mentioned this yesterday. I know we're going to keep talking about Babs. But <laughs> Babs mentioned that definitions are just guidelines. So... Mm -hmm do feel okay identifying with what it feels correctly. like what what ha, is it with the accent is that what you're asking me to do he said it, he said it with, yeah his accent's fantastic no i'm not gonna butcher babs's accent if you want to hear babs say it so much more fantastically <laughs> than i did do it in do it in barbosa's accent it's barbosa i can't do that either why do you think that i can do accents look at my D, &D characters the accents are like the equivalent of high-pitched and low-pitched voices you just gotta hold the d you go guidelines <laughs> and and that's More actually really funny lines than actual rules oh see that's mm -hmm. see fantastic why did i need to do it that was much better <laughs> mine would have been like a weird <laughs> amalgamation of horrible things people come to see <laughs> I did want to point out, though, that Lee, when I said giving grace, you thought I meant, like, praying. That's really funny. No. <laughs> Although, yes, you're all welcome if you're religious, do as you please. But I'm saying giving grace in terms of people will use labels that fit them. There are out-of-date terms that are no longer used. I'm trying to think of, like, something in particular that's not just a slur, so I don't well, so want to say it. That's fair, yes. And there are some people who still identify with that, um, especially people who were in the community earlier on, not babies like us. And they may still identify with that term, and someone now would say, oh my goodness, we don't use that term. But don't tell someone how they should identify. If they're utilizing that term and they're not doing it to be derogatory towards anyone, is how they identify and what connects with them, it is important that we still respect that. Sorry, Bita, you can continue the discussion on labels. No, I, I was just going to piggyback off of what you said of, I think labels are a great way for people to ground themselves. You know, I think that especially when you're just still figuring out who you are and, and trying to be Sorry, your true self that, oh, <laughs> oh it was me full screen. Yeah, it wow. was. It, it went wonky um, for a second. I had to fix it. <laughs> I think that when you're just just finding your true self and being your true self and, and and you know still on your on your journey that there's a lot of people whose mental health can can get in the way and there's a lot of people who can feel really lost and can feel depressed or have anxiety over the fact that they don't know uh you know uh, what they identify as or, or who they really are and i think having a label a lot of times like you said helps people feel like they fit you know it doesn't feel like you're just like a blob that doesn't go anywhere you actually feel like like a little bit of structure you know and i think that can blob. very much keep people <laughs> grounded <laughs> sorry <laughs> can very much, sorry leah's a blobfish but for everybody else <laughs>
I think feeling grounded and and not like direction, but but a something to describe themselves as, you know, because I I know for me a lot of times in my head I'll, I'll always think about like like who am I, you know, and I think if you don't know like if like i know me personally if i don't have a label i very much feel like lost and you just start going down this rabbit hole of of you know like existentialism and just kind of like letting your your brain take over and you start losing yourself for me labels are like a double-edged sword first of all i'm gonna be a little bit controversial here sorry (laughs) but (laughs) we live in a world that needs labels which is Kind of fucked up, actually, <laughs> if you think about it. Because um, in the past, especially the last 200, 300 years, those labels have been used to hurt people. And I'm feeling like if we didn't need those labels, we could have been much more, much further with freaking progression, humanity, whatever. That said, I do really, what Bita said, um, agree with the fact that Labels do give you a place to belong, and let's be honest: we are we are human. We we want to belong somewhere. So <laughs> it's very much. It's, it's like I said: it's a double-edged sword. For me personally, my label is transgender, and I literally said it like a little bit ago when Leo was talking. That transsexual was like a term used previously for instead of transgender. And some people still confer to that term. But when what people do have to understand a little bit is that when you're talking to someone that's transgender and you call them a transsexual, that is actually very, well, painful because there's, if someone goes with the term transgender, there's nothing sexual about it. It's the easiest way I can say it, basically. Mm-hmm. Because sexuality doesn't change. Um, it's just your, yeah, you have sexuality and you have identity. And those, mm-hmm. those are two separate things from each other. And that's what people need to understand. I don't know much about being transgender or trans, uh, people that confer to the term transsexual. Right. And making that line so that people understand that even if to to some people watching we are not their everyday life they have not come across people like us it is important to recognize that one our pronouns don't equal our gender and our gender doesn't equal our sexuality all of those Mm -hmm. are individualistic and separate and that's Mm -hmm. okay and that's completely valid and just as we said, while you should respect how someone identifies and what terms they connect with, it is also, as Laura said, important to recognize that don't utilize a term that you don't know if that person is comfortable with, especially if it's one that's been considered outdated at this point. Unless they have mm-hmm. explicitly said, I identify with this term that you might think is outdated, but identify, I identify with that, then you respect that and you 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 recognize that's how they identify. But... If you use a term like transsexual, it in in a lot of our minds you have conflated being trans with having changed your sexuality and you are missing the key points of what being transgender is. So just keep right. that in mind if you are someone new to the community, if you are learning, if you are an ally, all of those things. Make sure you check out our resources. They're all there to help right. you. And, and I think that uh, even like the term 
transsexual when it was used a, a long time ago. I think the outside world very much in thought that LGBT being part of the LGBTQ community meant it had to be sexual. And we very much have like moved away from that, that like being part of this community, it's not about sex. There are things in there that might have to do with sex, but it is very much more about being yourself. It's very much more about you feeling like who you are. And for most people, it is, it is void of, of sex. I think people equating, like if you're bi and they're like, that means you have sex with both genders. And it's like, that's not. Or that means you have sex with everyone. (laughs) Like, like, that's right. more it's what I like, hear. <laughs> You're sleeping right. with everybody. I'm like, I don't have time for that. What the hell? Um, <laughs> I'm exhausted, actually. Yeah. <laughs> right. Who thought of that? Jesus. I, I was, I was just gonna make a joke. I was just gonna say that's obviously what I'm doing wrong. If I go back to identifying as bisexual, I'll get all the sex. Everyone, everyone. <laughs> I think it's important to, as Bita has said, that just because you identify within the LGBTQ plus community doesn't mean it's sexual. Uh, you can be bi, which typically is hypersexualized, and you can mm-hmm. be ace or aromantic. You can, yep. You can not. You can also be ace and be okay with having sex. You can be ace and not be okay mm-hmm. with having sex. All those things, right. all valid, mm-hmm. all welcome in the right. community. I just want to let Phil it's... continue the discussion though on yes. labels. Uh, what um, what Beta said about. Uh labels can be very grounding um definitely resonated definitely resonated with me uh when i was younger when i was exploring myself it was very it was a relief it was a big relief to say i am bisexual at that time and to be able to um to to call it something and to to identify with something and to not just feel like there was just something weird or wrong or or missing um definitely as i have gotten older and experienced more things um experienced myself more i have gotten to the point where i'm just like okay labels are no longer helpful for me um at this point the only thing i know is i'm not straight so that is why, yeah, I, I identify just with the word queer. For me, that is just, you know, just not straight, basically. Um, but, but yeah, but I, I think it's, I think it would be harmful to, to be either way, to be like, you know, labels are necessary or labels are unnecessary. I think they are a part of the journey um certainly my experience as much as anything else you know if they're helpful for you then absolutely if they're not helpful for you then that's fine too um i also find it interesting that even just the word queer i feel we use differently you use mm-hmm. it in terms of not being straight i use queer more more terms of like my gender identity and expression like i i don't feel just like female woman whatever i'm like i'm queer i don't know what the fuck that is but that (laughs) sounds more like me than just saying she her or whatever for my pronouns it's interesting though that see even within the community you can see that we can use words differently and still both are valid and and correct i hate using the word correct but you know my brain's only functioning so much (laughs) i think there are definitely people within the community that would object to it that would say that queer just means gay and that's that yes and 
Yeah. And so. that would be the gatekeeping within the community. And I would like to point anyone to, if you are hearing people say, you can't use that word like that, I would kindly request that you look for other resources and actual people that are educators and people who've been in the community maybe longer or who help you understand that the whole point of LGBTQ+, and as you can kind of see the flag we are using, we are specifically using the progress flag. And we're using that because it includes the intersectionality, but it also includes intersex people who a lot of the time have felt left out of the community. And I've heard a variety of comments in terms of it looks busy, it looks blah, blah, blah. To me, the whole point of the LGBTQ is acceptance. It's the fact that we want you to be the most you. That's the point. So I want everyone to feel represented, accepted. You are not an other. You are at home under this lovely giant umbrella that we're all under. That's what it is to me. And that's what I think is important for other people to recognize. That's what it should be for the community. We shouldn't be gatekeeping against ourselves. We deal with enough hate and criticism. If you were here before, we got called lovely snowflakes, which we love. We're, we love the winter. Lovely <laughs> snowflake, be an avalanche. <laughs> yes, yes, we make up an avalanche. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> I'm a fan uh, of that. I also, I think the 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 LGBT flag. What it, it's a rainbow. Like it's already a busy thing. Like I I remember when when I was doing the flyer, I did a uh like color overlays for all the letters and you're like that kind of looks like rainbow clip art and i was like that i, I mean, felt like, that's so bad no, when i said it i even no no i, I was even like that it sounded to, really I, rude now that i, I say that it, back to I myself showed it to, i showed it to <laughs> jesse and well here's the thing when you're making something <sighs> yeah and it comes out like something that already exists that was there you feel differently about it because you you like worked on it you know yeah like, yeah, like, yeah yeah you did it but then when you see it you're like Oh yeah, like that's what it is. So like I showed it to Jesse and I was like, I did this and I was like, Leah said it looks like clip art. And as soon as she said that, I go, Yeah, it does look like clip art. And I showed him, he goes, Yeah, that looks like clip art. It really did look like clip art. Like a rainbow is just a busy thing already, you know? Like yeah. yes. like without but the like, progress okay. flag, like the original flag, that's the whole thing. It's it's already busy. So adding more stuff to it is just like keep it coming. Like it like I we also, have the busiest yeah, like, flag we in the are world, a you know? community. We right. yes. are, you know right it's so That's big like, we're pretty like, busy you know right keep Sorry. adding to it you know like that, <laughs> that, that I, I also i like that you specifically said it was already a rainbow but that means keep adding to it i've heard a very frustrating counter argument everything's included in the rainbow and it's like if people haven't Such felt inclu- <laughs> but also if people haven't felt included by that flag and by that rainbow right. and this extension makes them feel included who the fuck cares i want you to right. feel included i want to quickly get into chat because i i know that i didn't mention it so i'll try to mention it going forward but we do have a 50 point redemption to answer questions i'm okay with the fact that i can currently keep up with chat and answer questions this way but also uh if anyone does have questions and it gets you know pulled better for me um you can use the point redemption but i this is a test bananas yikes um, we'll see if i can see the redemption clearly <laughs> said bananas it, it does say bananas. Uh, Crooks said, I don't think about genders or sexuality or pronouns. It's all quite complicated. Does anyone get offended if someone uses the wrong the wrong term for them personally? I I think Lee hits more of what I also feel is if it is not intentional and not repeated, I'm not 
typically offended. I'm offended if you, if I can tell you are doing something in a derogatory sense, we typically can all pick up on what is someone's intentions with how they just said that? Were they coming from a place of being rude and offensive? If so, yes, I'm going to take it exactly as you wanted me to. I'm offended that you said something in a purposely offensive manner. But if it is accidental and it's because you don't know, for instance, I did accidentally use they for someone who identifies as she, her, that is incorrect usage of pronouns. I think the way mm -hmm. you're supposed to address things is the second you realize you did something wrong, go back, correct it, move forward. I think mm -hmm. most of us don't want things to be a spectacle. I know typically I, in particular, already hate my any time I feel I am the center of attention. It makes me want to throw up. Mm -hmm. It's a little different on stream. None of you are actually staring at me right now, so it's, it's a little different. But <laughs> don't look at me. <laughs> but if if you mess up, the biggest thing is if someone corrects you, and we do this a lot, um, even in private calls and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. If if someone has changed how that they identify or someone misspoke, we will all correct the others. That is what you were supposed to do to also help everyone get accustomed to utilizing the appropriate. <laughs> bye phil <laughs> the appropriate the appropriate terms that someone wants to be referred to as so the biggest thing is to just do your best to adjust your language and do your best to correct yourself even in private because if you're doing that in private you'll be more likely to utilize the correct pronouns and terms in person when you're with right. them um also i'm glad emily that you're liking this do not perceive me i love that that's one of my <laughs> do not we, do not perceive me <laughs> when uh when my uncle was here and we were talking about um uh we were talking about pronouns and and gender identity and stuff like that people in my family were were they're just it's also confusing you know there's so many things like how am i supposed to know if someone does that and it's like well the first time if you don't know like like that's a thing that's happened forever even when uh, people didn't identify as different things. There are people who identified as female who were mistaken for males. You know, that's gone back forever. And if someone just said, well, I'm a female, and then that was it. And then forever you knew that that person was a female, you know? I think um, it's the same thing if you identify and they go, oh, well, actually, I identify as this. Uh, or someone that you know and they've changed the way that they identify, that they'll correct you. And maybe for, like, the next time, if it's if it's in an accident uh and they correct you again but if it's repeated then it's just like you don't care you know that's I think the biggest people thing. very much want to feel like you care because it'd be the same thing as if you came in and i called you the wrong name and you're like well sorry my name's actually leah and i was like whatever phil like that's fine like you know like that's fine and you're like no no <laughs> leah and i'm just like other. okay whatever like you know it's just like it'd very much be the same thing you know like and we've we've people just want to feel like they're heard and respected you know and that's the the biggest thing and i i think i think being nervous to say to say something as someone who who doesn't know you just you say or you know you can ask or you could just say and if they correct you they correct you like um i've actually met a few people who have changed who they identify as they them uh, but when they're at family gatherings, they they told their family once, but they they don't they don't correct. And if new family members haven't heard that, they just don't they just don't introduce it that way. They they just feel more comfortable just like letting the their family call them what they what they know. It's just easier for them. They don't like they actually don't want their family to even ask them, so they just like they just go with it, you know. Uh, but when it comes to friends and new people, they correct and 
you know that's that brings up an play. interesting topic that i kind of now want to dive into um mm-hmm. i have noticed and you can all share then your experiences and if there's something you've encountered i oddly enough sometimes feel a weird sense of still closeted in some parts of my life i'm super not (laughs) very fair i'm super not going to come out to my family and extended family using they pronouns it's not gonna happen i know i don't want to cross that bridge i know i don't want to deal with it and i also we talked about this briefly um in a previous call that I'm still struggling to remember that I'm a part of this community and there are times where I'm like, oh, someone mentioned ally, that's me. And it's like, no, (laughs) stop recloseting yourself for the love of God. And I just want to hear your takes on that. Bede and I have done a little bit of talking, so I want to try and pass it off to the other side and then we'll get back to us. We just tend to not shut up sometimes. But (laughs) if Laura or Phil, you want to discuss if you've had any experience with still feeling continued closetedness purposefully or not purposefully well yeah actually um it like it's like um the pronouns for me are she her and definitely my parents have to get used to it and my close friends have to get used to it at that point that they are 23 years they've been you know used to call me he him and now it's changing but but that also at, it began, began at a point there where I had changed my name legally. And I, like, months before I already told them, okay, just start calling me that by now. So then when it changed legally, it's not a problem anymore. And some people, I'm not going to name who, but they kept using my dead name. And that made me feel like having to come out of the closet, like, again and again and again and again. That... I can only and imagine I, how I, painful that is. And I I had to get angry at them for them to actually, you know... I don't get angry f- very fast. I'm very patient. But if you keep continuing, then, uh, I, yeah. I I feel like that's something that even, um, even people who aren't transitioning should get. Because even if, 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 if... I know if I changed my name because maybe something traumatic happened and I don't like my name or maybe I just don't like my name and I just don't identify with with this name and I changed it I would be upset if if I had to repeatedly correct people on that and that's something I feel like anyone could identify with like I, like my uncle is the same way like he people used to call him his name's Patrick but people used to call him Pat and he absolutely hates that like he does not identify that so when he introduces new people he calls them uh, he introduces himself as as Patrick and when he's home a lot of people call him Pat. Like he doesn't mind if his family calls him Pat because I think he just grew up with that. But when friends and stuff like that, who he's told he doesn't like uh, Patrick, you know, like he or Pat, he gets upset. He's like, I told you that uh, I like Patrick. You know, that's what my my name is. You know, it's just like yeah, like other people can identify with that. So I don't get why people don't follow that, especially when they know it's important. You know, like it's I just an feel odd. Like everyone deserves respect for that. It, the biggest thing I have found is this this odd thing of not respecting people who don't maybe understand what we're going through in our lives, fine. But there's this weird thing where it's like the bare minimum is respect, right? Why be mm-hmm. an asshole when you cannot? Uh, Phil, mm-hmm. sorry, would you like to uh, add into the discussion of if you if you have felt that? If you haven't, that's totally fine as well. Whatever you were comfortable sharing regarding being closeted, recloseted, any of that. 
I think I get a little bit of what you have said about how sometimes I think of myself as an ally and almost forget that I'm not. Um, well, that I guess I, I am. I am to some parts of the community in some ways, like, but not to other parts. But I actually mm-hmm. identify with, and I think that is sometimes part of the effect of gatekeeping um, is that you you do sort of still look at yourself a certain way. I think because of the very privileged position that I am in um, as a woman, as part of the um, LGBTQIA plus community, sometimes it feels like I'm getting away with it. Also, I think probably the, the part of my life that I'm the most closeted is with my family, particularly my parents. Um, and it's not that they even have anything against it. Like they're very, they are accepting of it. It's just the relationship that I have with them overall, just in general, is not one of a great deal of openness and such. So it's not really something that I go into. Like, I probably won't bother telling them about, like, the fact that I've decided to change my pronouns. Um, I just won't bother because it it doesn't seem that much point to me. Um, And I think... It's it's interesting about like you say about Peter about like how anybody would be upset if you were speaking to them uh, with the wrong name and like about the nicknames and such because I think for a long time I used to be referred to um, as Pip or Pippa as short for Philippa. My family has always called me Phil. It's always been the nickname that I identified with the most. When I was younger, I wanted to be a boy. I wanted to be one of the boys, and I was very much a tomboy. Um, and I made the decision when I was um, like coming out of a very bad mental health period that I was going to start um, referring to myself in um, in like the workplace and stuff as Phil rather than letting people call me Pip or Pippa, which was obviously something that was like, everybody else would look at me and be like, you know, that is a cute feminine name. Um, that would be much more preferable to Phil. I had, I did have one person say, when I said, actually, I prefer Phil, um, say, oh, okay, that sounds like a, uh, a 40 year old balding white man. Like, um, and I was just like- said that? Uh, so I was like, I, okay, um, I, I, I suppose I get that, but yeah, I, Phil, that's what you say. Just... that's what I'm going for, you know, <laughs> I want to be a 40 year old balding white guy. So. I'm just, <sighs> sorry, continue they, first. They, I, I think yeah. they were just making a joke. They, I don't think they ever, they, again, the intention, like they did not intend it in a bad way or something like that, but it was like. But but it is sort of like, I guess it's something that I hadn't really thought about until recently, that it was a more masculine nickname. Um, and I probably particularly derailed against, um, uh, derailed, railed, that's because of you, uh, railed against. Derailment, um, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I probably particularly railed against Pip and Pippa because like they sounded girly. And I think, but same way with imposter syndrome, like I felt like maybe that's just me being like you know it's like you say like am i railing against this because of dysphoria or because of um misogyny and the patriarchy or am Mm -hmm. i railing against it because actually this is the way i prefer to identify or is it Mm -hmm. because actually 
probably most people are a little bit more in between than they probably have thought about um and that gender's not like you know very one way or the other in general so yeah i think it, yeah there are definitely still parts of my life where i have been up until very recently and even now i'm like you know i'm still getting called pip by some people and um <sighs> makes me so mad <laughs> but like but I have, but but I haven't necessarily corrected everybody. No, I know, like, and I I completely understand that. I think I just get a level of anger because, it, and it's an odd anger since we've been talking about the fact that there are people we will maybe to an extent not come out to, and because what's odd is there are people in my life who I came out to as bi, and they are people who we can kind of move into this next topic. Uh, mm-hmm. They're people who claim to be allies and claim to be supporters of the community or could be members of the community uh they claim to be that way but when you are specific members of that community like me being bi i am oddly enough not given the same amount of defense that i will watch these same people go to bat for for my friends that are gay and and lesbian um and that's so odd to me i will watch people go to bat and be defensive of other people in my life who identify within the community but don't identify the same way I do and I don't get the same protections. I don't get the right. same people having my back. And I don't expect it from randos, but I'm expecting it from the same people who who are doing it for our other people in our lives. And right. it's so incredibly weird to feel like they're it's not necessarily a fake wokeness, but it can feel that way. You can feel as if these people are are almost probably they, unintentionally they, fake woke, but it's coming off that way. Uh, well, I think they're just trying to mesh with society, and I, I, you know, I think we've talked about it before with with other things as well. But I think it's very much like when it's closer to home, it's like this isn't how I'm supposed to act in society because this is like different. This is my home, and now I can you know changes and that goes with like friends too and stuff like that it's like you know if you see um um you know um caitlin jenner doing something great and they go oh my god like yes like you know i i want her to succeed and i want her to do really great things but then your friend uh comes out as uh transgender and they're they're uh you know just trying to like struggle and live in their household and you're just like well you shouldn't have done that or like you know you should have been more prepared or whatever and it's like you can't you know it's like why are you why is this celebrity um you know who's going through these struggles? why why do they get your support but i I don't you know Um, it's when it's too close to home isn't that so odd there's like this level of too close to home makes me almost blinded to the fact that you need my support versus this random celebrity that i will never meet well i was i wanted just to to go back a tiny bit with um just the the family thing because we were just talking about like people we might not uh come out to and 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 things like that i think there's a few different things i think one i know that for some people um their family using nicknames and their family not necessarily knowing their pronouns and stuff like that they family can sometimes feel like on a different level as far as like how they refer to you so them calling you 
you know, she, her, if you identify as they, them, or she, they, or, or something like that, it, it doesn't necessarily, like, trigger the same response in your brain just because they're super familiar, yeah. you know? So some people just go through that, and that's why they don't correct them, or that's why they don't want to come out and stuff like that. Um, I know personally for me, when it comes to uh, coming out as pansexual, I just, I don't want to answer, like, questions, you know? like I, mm-hmm. and, and they're not going to be questioning in, like, a, in a we-don't-believe-you way. They're just going to have a lot of questions and it will forever become part of like who I am to them. And it's going to change the way that they, they think. And I think I'm not comfortable with that because I know that they will be supportive of it. I just don't think I want that shift for people that are that close to me, you know, especially because uh, like, I know that they, they understand a lot of it and things like that, but I don't, I don't think I want to answer questions and like have that, that switch flipped. I do also uh, get what you mean about like, um, a different level of comfort as well like mm-hmm. oddly enough i have that level of comfort with chelsea who is my housemate um and she still calls me pip and i like the way that pip sounds in her northern accent <laughs> don't tell her that um <laughs> so and i, and I just loved your face on that <laughs> <laughs> just but it doesn't like it doesn't trigger anything for me it's like yeah, there is a level of comfort that I have with Chelsea that is like, you know, she could call me Bing Bat and I'd be like, yeah, that's my name. Cool. <laughs> I completely get that. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, did you have something to add, Laura? I, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just listening. I'm just looking at You're the vibing. questions there. Oh, yes. No, I do actually want to address Crooks's question so we can move on to that. Um, mm-hmm. So my only thing is, Crooks, there's a lot of debate on putting the LGBTQA tag in your stream if you are not actually a member of the community but an ally. I have overarchingly heard that it is asked to not do that because it is much harder for people within the community to find other people within the community because it gets flooded with allies. I also think there is now an ally tag. Um, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, there's mm-hmm. now an ally tag. And I right. think you are better off doing that. But Sorry, go ahead, Laura. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put a counterpoint at you, Leah. That's okay. Before the new tags came, we basically the only tag we got was the LGBT yes. tag. Yes. However, is is that something we should be able to gatekeep for them as well? Then is that? I want you to know because that that's... personally, I was okay with them <laughs> using the LGBTQA Me tag, too. Me too. but Same. since I am a yeah. baby member of this community i am definitely turning towards people who've been in the community longer um in terms of me being educated on that and i i have had way more people also come in my stream and say i am having such a hard time finding people within the community because it is flooded with allies so i do i will more lean to that and say that i think it is going to overall be more beneficial for people um if the LGBTQA tag is for people identifying within the community so that we can find each other. I also think the other, on the flip side, you put people in an odd position if they didn't use that tag and they don't use ally tag. Are they not an ally? Do they need to announce it to be known as an ally? In some senses, having the ally tag is nice because I do know streams that I would call not allies. I wouldn't go in those streams. So them not having the tag, you know, easily gets them out of there. But I understand what you're saying before we had these subcategories. What was the option? I think some of the issue we also had is the A, a lot of people thought stood for ally. It doesn't. We don't want to wash out any of the actual members of the community. So I think sometimes there was discrepancies and misunderstanding with that. And 
I even am someone who was ignorant on that until maybe this last year or so. Not in terms of the existence of asexual um, and aromantic, but more in terms of I didn't know that ally is not at all included in it. Um, mm -hmm. it not in asexual, uh, sorry. In the, in the acronym. <laughs> sorry, go I, ahead, Bita. I, well, I just wanted to say that I, I you... I think that they have an ally tag now, like that, that's also helpful. Um, but before that they have the ally tag, I think that you, you did have people come in and say that they had a hard time finding people that were part of the community, but you actually just, I don't know if you retweeted it or liked it, but you showed me a clip from Luxy Games where someone had come in because she was using the tag and they specifically asked like what she was yes. and they wanted her to talk about it. And she Ooh, said that- we're going to an interesting topic. Was, okay, yes. That she was part, part of the group. community, but she said that I don't owe that to you to tell you what I am and like what I identify as. And I uh, and there are some people who use the tag because they're part of the community that can't talk about it yes. because they're closeted and they're at home or they're just not comfortable with it or there might be people you know who who are there so is that because they're that in a sense that person that's not going to to talk about it the person that came into the stream looking for that is also not going to find it in that person either um yes so but i think to know the i think the tag in particular if someone is closeted unable to talk about it, doesn't feel comfortable talking about it you still know that stream is safe so yes i get why you would say okay but mm -hmm. an ally stream is also safe I think that it's okay to use those tags more for the community just because mm -hmm. of all the... I've heard enough arguments back at what I was saying that mm -hmm. I'm okay deferring to people who have been in the community longer. And so no, right. I plead ignorance here. If this makes more people comfortable, right. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, I did just want to quickly answer... Way, like, like, just before you continue, I just want to answer mm -hmm. Crooks because uh, Nikki asked what pansexual is. I don't know if I'm going to identify, right? So I'm actually going to let one of the people who identifies as pansexual um, define it in the way that they know since I would probably accidentally say it's bisexual, but I identify as bisexual so, being liking more than, being attracted to two or more genders, which can sometimes be compared to pan, but I don't know if it's viewed right. differently. Well, so, so the way that I looked up and found the differences and the reason I identify as pan is because uh, bisexual was multiple genders whereas pansexual was liking someone regardless of gender um, got it and that is why i i did that because it's not necessarily um multiple genders it's that it doesn't matter what gender it is like that is just who um i like someone regardless of of that i you think that's more attractive to personality I think yeah. that's more how, oh, okay, more attractive personality, though. Isn't that Demi? Or is that just emotional connection? Well, I, yeah, so I this say, is the thing. Right. There's, um, but but yes, wait, let me also say not, like... let me not gatekeep as well. If that's not how you identify your terms, no, that's like, fine. I just wanted to say that because I said, is that Demi? <laughs> that is kind of like been the my experience and that like, you know, if you say I'm pansexual, then you either get, oh, so it's basically bisexual or isn't that Demi? Right. Um, it's it like... is. I think there is crossover. There, like, yes. Um, in terms of blanket definition yeah. we're talking, not in terms of how people may utilize that term. Like, I think I use bi more the way you described pan. Um, mm -hmm. I think maybe I was bullied a little bit out of using pan, <laughs> which is, but well, I just I think, don't identify it with as much anymore. Right. Um, well, I, I think I will say if I came out when I thought of that I was pansexual, I probably would have just said that I was bisexual. That's probably what I would have. 
have said, but I think because I've waited so long and it's been so many years and there's just been a lot more information that I've been able to look at and read and, and things like that, that I, I just, I felt more comfortable saying pansexual, you know, because I think that to me felt more true when I read that it was just regardless of, of gender. I understand that Kirks, and I respect the fact that yes, you have a lot of LGBTQ plus people in your stream and um, you want them to know it's a safe space for that where they can chill and Valiant even perfectly touched on it right there. The problem is it's so individualistic, right? So like just like mm -hmm. Laura and I said, it didn't bother us. We also right. don't speak for the whole community though. And mm -hmm. as I will say that from my experience with the majority of the community that I've spoken with are not comfortable with it being used unless you are within that community. So I would, I would suggest that you are better off using the ally tag now. Obviously at the end of the day, I not I'm never going to tell someone what they have to do. I'm only going to provide suggestions based on what even me as a babby queer has learned. But yes, it will come down to individuals. There will be some people in your chat who are like, "I love that you use that tag. That makes me feel welcome here." Here. But also going back to what Beta was saying, to an extent we don't have a right to know, right? We we are not entitled to know how a streamer identifies sexuality, gender, we don't have that right. We're not entitled. I very much loved Luxie's clip on that where it's like, you don't get to fucking know that. I, I do think it's important to remember that none of us are entitled to know how someone identifies. So, and I'm not saying to be disingenuous, Kirk. I'm just saying that like, for instance, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to prove that you're in the community. So mm -hmm. if, if on your journey you identify within the community, that's your right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be like, prove to me that you are a part of this. I'm not entitled to know that information. This brings us into our next topic, honestly. I have had a lot of frustrations and anger with people who I see say respect people's privacy, and then I see them go talking about celebrities. For instance, there's been a lot of speculation around Billie Eilish and queer baiting because of her newest music videos and how it seems like she was coming out because of when it was posted. And I can understand the concern and frustrations with potential queer baiting and people capitalizing on a culture of the LGBTQ plus community when there are hardships within that. And I understand the frustrations with that. But on the flip side, we don't know, right? Without someone straight up telling me, yes, I do or do not identify this way, we don't fucking know. So... I do have aggravation when people immediately go to being mad at someone when we don't know. I don't know how you identify unless you straight up say, hey, Leah, this is how I identify. I don't know. And I'm not going to I'm not going to speculate and guess because that's your fucking life. That's not my business unless you want to make it my business. And I'm, I'm happy to know I'm not asking anyone to not share with us. I'm saying, though, I'm not I can't just say you have to tell me that. That's gross. I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And sorry, we can continue that uh, discussion on how any of you feel on that. No, I think that that is is it. That's just true. I mean, it's just a good point. You know, I think like people think that you owe them your life story. You know, and people think that you owe them to to tell them. Um, you know, if you identify a certain way and stuff like that. And I think that. I think that is where, Laura, your thing about, like, labels comes in, that I think, like, you should be able to 
have a conversation with someone and not have to know like if they you know what they identify as or um even like their pronouns you know until it actually gets into the point where you can you know correct them but i I, you just you could just talk as people you know because we're all people like i can go into a room and i can talk to a hundred people and i don't need to know you know what they identify as or, or anything like that to know, respect them to have a discussion <laughs> right and if they and if, if if i'm talking and i you know and i address a crowd and someone says you know like you know i'm actually this while i'm talking to them then like i will respect that and i will then start doing that but i don't i don't need to go in there and as i'm going and talking to everyone saying like oh hey how you doing what are your what what are your pronouns also what do you identify as like what like what am i working with here like you know because we're just not we're not things we're just people we're just gonna have a a, a conversation and and some people do um, that though and talk and no, I, no, think I, I think i i there's I think a I gray area there right i think it's a, i think i understand people asking for people's pronouns i think they I think Laura want something to, to add. yeah sorry yeah just go go ahead if you're finished i'll i'll add I just know that we talk a lot, so I sometimes have to stop both of us. Yes. (laughs) I think, uh, I was just going to say that I think that, I I think I get people asking for pronouns because they they just want to make people feel included. I think it's the same thing like when you were in in school and they said, do you go by a nickname? And I know a lot of people very much liked when, when teachers asked that because a lot of people didn't identify with their name. A lot of people didn't like their name and that teacher asking what your nickname was so the whole class could hear it and that the way everyone could call you that like i think that was was really good so i think i get why people ask pronouns because i think they just want people to feel you know included and like they matter so i I do get people asking that um you know when you're meeting someone yeah i mean it's what you said like we are all people we can just have conversation and just imagine it it all depends on the context like if i go to a freaking festival i'm not gonna go and Ask everyone's pronouns for freaking what? five thousand people. Right. <laughs> what the fuck? Why <laughs> not? <laughs> Shit, um... I'm part of the problem, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but um, it's it all depends on the context. Like, if I'm gonna see someone like once, I'm not gonna go and ask their pronouns. If right. I if I know like I'm gonna see them again, like uh, ex- let's say my mom's boyfriend, uh, I met him. And, like, should he have other pronouns? I should probably know that because I'm going to speak to him more and more and, mm-hmm. you know. So it all depends on, like, if it's going to be a complete stranger or a mm-hmm. some an acquaintance or relative. I, I kind of liked what you said, though, that it depends because I was also thinking about the fact, just as we discuss people being closet, just as we discuss the fact that, like, when I'm home, when Phil's home, like, I'm not going to use she, they. It's not happening. I'm not going to deal with the fucking headache. So mm-hmm. <laughs> because of that, I also think, while I've heard a lot of people say, you should be asking everybody you speak to their pronouns, that's what's appropriate. I think there's also a level of respect the fact that you don't know their situation. So mm-hmm. everyone has an individual situation. If someone asked me in front of my family my pronouns, I think I'd be taken so aback and wouldn't know how to handle it. Just because right. my knee-jerk reaction would be different than the one I've curated for the situation right. I'm in. And I right. think that's very important to just remember that everyone has an individual situation and to come from a place of caring, understanding, and empathy that you don't know. And their lack of giving you pronouns isn't always out of being an asshole and wanting to dismiss you. It also can be out of 
hey, I have a situation that I can't really discuss openly right now. So, like, I'll give, like, I get you being respectful, asking pronouns. I know we can all try to circumvent that system, but we still have to do our right. best to know that we don't know. I I think I, I personally feel like I, I would much rather, and I go by he, him, but I, I personally just feel when it comes to any of, of that stuff, I, I would rather correct someone. You know, like I would rather just sure. be in a conversation with someone and, and someone, you know, refer to you as she and you can say, oh, well, you know, if I'm comfortable enough, then, you know, you could say, well, actually, I identify as as, as she, they. And the same with like uh, if we were just in a conversation with a bunch of people and someone said like, oh, yeah, well, you know, like beat a string. And if I was comfortable with all those people, I'd be like, well, you know, actually, I'm I'm pansexual you know, or like whatever. I'd, I'd rather be able to to correct, you know, because I, I think um like personally that's just easier than me because then you know you feel like you just go somewhere and you're just like actually i'm this it just feels like i don't i don't need it to be about me it's okay like <laughs> like if you know it could be about other people <laughs> like and if i want to correct i can correct but um yeah anyway, that's just personally I, I would rather just correct but and that's why that's so individualistic because mm -hmm. i actually don't know if i'd feel comfortable in a lot of situations correcting <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to point out before also looping Phil back in because I want Phil to feel like, you know, we don't mm -hmm. filibuster. <laughs> Phil, haha. <laughs> our donation goal is so close. We are $40 away from hitting our $200 donation goal for the Trevor Project. This is a whole charity stream. I want to do a quick uh, reminder that if you don't know what the Trevor Project is, it is raising money to help prevent suicide for LGBTQ plus youth. They have a bunch of resources. If you do exclamation mark LGBT as well in our chat, there is an entire Google Doc we have done of resources for all of you. That includes people within the community that maybe need some urgent resources if you're in a really tight position. It also includes just resources in terms of, hey, I'm trying to discover things about myself. What are some resources that can maybe help point me to a better path of discovery? And also allyship. There are tons of resources, places to start right there. So I recommend you click it. Hopefully that link is only viewable and you can't edit it. I'm hoping I did that right. If not, please correct me. But um, yeah, so we can continue on. We're, we have a little bit of a not tech issue, just a cat issue. <laughs> so <laughs> we are doing that simultaneously. But I do want to say thank you to everyone that has donated so far. We can go back to what we were talking about, though, in terms of feeling entitled to knowing about people and things like that. Um, that is all individualistic, what people want to share with you versus not share with you. I'm not sure if there's anything Laura or Phil wanted to add to that discussion. I would just say, like, on the back of, like, the resources as well, that sort of extends to um, to, to educating yourself. Like, um, there are tons of people out there who are part of the community who have accounts dedicated to talking about their experiences, who are authors and writers and stuff. And that those are... Those are the ways that are appropriate to like to to look for ways to educate yourself and look for people who have given consent to asking questions. Um, like right now, we have consented yeah. to your questions. Yeah. Obviously, if you ask them in a rude way, we're maybe going to respond with a little extra sass. But that doesn't mean that at any other point, if you just see us streaming and hanging out, that doesn't mean you are just given the green light to ask questions. I think it's always appropriate to say, hey, do you mind if I ask a question regarding the community or regarding this before you go and pose your question? Because we might not be in the headspace for that. 
You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. not a 24, like just because we deal with this 24 seven doesn't mean every second of our lives we want to answer reasons for our existence and being. It's like when I was in um, Pisco stream yesterday and I was asking lots of uh, noob questions about uh, lore and stuff and I was like, I'm derailing this a little bit. I should probably not, not ask so many questions. <laughs> like, It is also a little harder in a big stream. His stream is much bigger than this one. So I think at least with a smaller stream, it's easier for us to sift through versus he gets a lot of questions on a lot of various topics and a lot of intensive discourse simultaneously. So his sifting looks a little different. A lot of the time it looks more like complete shutout. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just like, all right, I don't have time to even address that. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> Did you have something to add? Sorry, Laura. I mean, like um, for questions wise, I'm very open about it personally. Cause like even at work, like people have, have questions. And honestly, that's uh, where I personally think it's good to ask questions if they are actually interested like i also mentioned this in the discord group where um is it actual you know interest or is it going to be a setup for a bigotory joke or something so but yeah that's that's what um what i pref uh, prefer to do is like you know explain stuff if they have questions i'll answer any question i'm an open book about that however um you do you do need to know when you can ask certain questions. I think the timing for questions is very important. Like if um, if, if I'm talking about freaking, I don't know, Pokemon uh, brilliant, brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and you're you gonna go. You never what? talk about Pokemon. Lie. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I never talk right? about Pokemon. <laughs> I knew you were gonna grab. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> but like. And you, if I'm talking about Pokemon and you're going to go and ask, um, like, what is your freaking life story? Like, that's not a good sign <laughs> to ask such yeah. a question. Like, you, you can DM me if you want to know, but... <laughs> right. Not, yeah, it's uh... giving the topic the, the respect it deserves. You know, it's a weighty topic. It's It's not something that you bring up casually. You know, you're not a curiosity. Exactly. Oh, my God. I think that word in particular, right? I feel like mm -hmm. you so feel when people are treating you like a curiosity. You're like, am I in a museum? Like, I feel incredibly oddly vulnerable and picked I, apart. And I think that goes with the way people ask questions, too, you know? Because I think, in a sense, if you are something that people don't know about and they are curious about, like, in a sense, you are a curiosity, but there's a difference between being curious and respectfully asking people things because you want to know and treating someone like a curiosity you know and and you know being like this is an alien like oh right. my god like i can't wait to find out all this information about them <laughs> or just wait. like like oh this person identifies as like she they like i wonder you know if uh like you know if i can just ask questions you know i'm like oh hey like what does this mean yeah. it's like oh also you identify as bisexual like you know 
what was that like? You know, it's different than just like <gasps> bisexual. Hmm, this will go great in my collection. You know, like, you know, I think it's just, I think it's different. Just what like the? I want a clip of that. Colon. Oh my god, I, I'm going to clip you saying that. That's going to be a new sound command. Oh my god, this will go great in my collection. <laughs> I just love you say like, oh, bisexual. How does that work? Well, first of all, I suffocate you, and then I plant an egg inside of your chest. <laughs> <laughs> bisexual, I, I just fuck everything. I just like, we bisexuals. We just have sex with everything, you know. That's just, that's Please don't works. clip that out of context. That is sarcasm. Yes, yeah, sar- sarcasm. Sarcasm. <laughs> uh, I do want to open the floor up to if there are any people in chat who do have some questions they would like us to address. Feel free to ask. We For stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have anything to ask, that's fine. Also, of course, if anyone in the group has anything they want to specifically add? I actually have a ni- nice tie-in for uh, Bida's uh, collection. Their <laughs> 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 comment. I mean, we talked about this, like the fetishizing of different groups. Yeah. That's... Uh, it's I'll, a I'll start if you want to. Go it's ahead, yeah. Thing, Go ahead, Lara. <laughs> start that. Start the this fun times, topic. Literally. Okay, so I'm, I'm on, my mo- uh, on my mobile phone. I have a uh, app called Animo. And this is basically a um, it's an app that has a lot of different sub apps uh, for different categories. This one is for LGBT uh, purposes. The amount of times I've had someone ask quite literally, uh, do you want to have sex with me, with me just because I want to be with a transgender person is astounding. I, sorry, <laughs> like my, my knee jerk is to vomit because it's so, yeah, I, it's, sorry, the vomit, is, I want to clarify not... the specific vomiting is towards anyone thinking that you are something to be fetishized exactly and i also i have a freaking whisper history with someone that was also like it, at first it looked like he was very interested in like how the transgender pers- uh, process worked but then he started about um talking about how he can't wait to have his first experience i'm like dude it's like just with a normal person cisgender persons i should say sorry but yeah it ex- experience like we are some sort of freaking nod on your bedpost uh, <laughs> or something right like they ticked that box off mm-hmm. and i i even have had friends I'm, I'm not friends with them anymore but they would seriously think that their dick was such a gift they could turn a lesbian woman into a straight woman oh my god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like there, it's there a challenge a of, there is a that there is a freaking <laughs> that freaking as you all <laughs> but the yeah that's like so i don't know i don't know where people get this but if you're with a trans woman it's not going to be di- much different than uh, being with a cis woman if you're going to be with a freaking trans man it's not going to be much different than being with a cis man like what is we are like it's the same with curiosity but that's it's more like that we are like a price to them basically <laughs> yeah like a really uncomfortable trophy and you're just yeah. like i don't remember yeah. signing up for that it's so weird like yeah and it's mostly men i haven't i don't think i have had a woman that wow. was like that but it's mostly men sorry Bida. <laughs> sorry, Bida. <laughs> i oddly but, uh, yeah i oddly have the opposite experience being bi mm-hmm. uh i feel incredibly fetishized more by straight identifying women they identify either they identify straight or they identify as being bi curious i am never looking to 
change someone's sexuality. Um, it's one thing if you say, hey, I don't know how I identify yet, but I know that I'm like interested in you. That's different. I'm okay with you not having a label for it. But if you say you're straight, that I'm not interested in right. pursuing you. But I do definitely think there is this very odd thing where I've had a lot of straight identifying friends that are women hit on me and they think it's kind of a game and it's not it's not a game like it's i know that a lot of us can jokingly flirt but there is a huge difference between when you feel your friends just joking with you versus you feel someone very much hitting on you making like advances Mm -hmm. and you're like i know you don't identify this way so like why are you treating me just like this weird thing almost like for them to have a pick-me-up right they're hoping i'll hit hit on them and that'll give them like a little ego boost and they'll feel good about themselves I even had an instance where I had had a crush on a friend who I don't know how they identified necessarily, but I know that I don't think they were interested in me. Fine. And we were at a bar and a girl, it was when I was single. I want to make it clear. I was not cheating on (laughs) on Rico. Um, And this, this girl came up to me, was hitting on me, exchanged numbers. And then my friend got jealous and like, protective and then started dancing all over me to the point that this girl was like do you have a thing with this person like I don't want to intervene with that and like get in a messy situation and you put your friends that are by in such an uncomfortable position when you use us as just kind of this tool to fetishize and I was actively looking to meet people and Mm -hmm. to maybe go on dates and stuff and to just have them kind of push me aside when they making it clear they weren't interested in me, but then pulling me back in when they thought that someone else was interested in me. That's so fucked. That's fucked in any sense, but Mm -hmm. I'm speaking specifically in terms of the fetishization of my sexuality. I don't know that I've ever identified ever being um, fetishized for my sexuality definitely been um mistreated because of my my perceived gender um but yeah not not so much not so much for for that i think i've been very lucky in that sense either that or i just haven't noticed it either that i'm just really like dense <laughs> don't get me wrong i i super have had moments where i'm like i'm a fucking idiot like someone will point out like leah that person in chat was like baiting you that person was like clearly making gross comments about you being in an LGBTQ community. And I fucking don't notice. I think I sometimes come from a place of too much ignorance where I hope and look for the good in people, but sometimes to a fault where I'm looking at chat and I'm like, what? you're asking <laughs> you're asking that in such a bad way, but you don't mean it that way. Like I will always initially come at it from that sense of You've just worded that poorly, but I will too many times do that. <laughs> I think, well, I think you've, you've definitely had, you had someone come in here who asked a very, that asked a question in a very odd way. And it very much yes. seems like a, like a, not an insult, but just like a, like a calling you out almost. Um, and then you just asked them to, to clarify and they did a little bit and then you start having the discussion, and then they just start having the discussion back, and it turns out that they had just like asked that in a 
in an odd way. Uh, yes. But they very much enjoyed you just having the conversation with them. And I think that's an instance where, like, that's okay, you know? Like, yeah. like uh, I, I think it very much just depends on the way something's written because it was – the way they wrote something was, like, on the edge, you know? Like, yeah. you and I was just, like, do what I – like, I don't know if I would, like, time that out or, like, something like that. So, you know, I think, like – I think I it depends because like, I, they I think were... it's easy to tell. They were frustrated because they were looking for um, LGBT um, streamers yes. and I, so I think they were trying to qualify if you were one or not. Yes, mm -hmm. they um, were. They kept finding they allies in the tag. The tag. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's part of what I was thinking about when I was answering Crooks's question yeah, earlier. I Yes, it's just right. I since I have heard directly people's frustrations, I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't search the tag that much because my a lot of my recommended no, is that tag. So right. I <laughs> I I am lucky in the sense that my recommended has been curated enough at this point that I am getting a lot more of the content readily shown to me versus having mm -hmm. to look it out to a crazy extent. That doesn't mean I don't need to be doing that. I'm not claiming that. I don't need to put in more work. I definitely do. Mm -hmm. It's important to be exposed to a variety of human beings. But mm -hmm. I haven't had that struggle because I haven't really searched the tag to a crazy extent. Um, mm -hmm. So I haven't run into a lot of allies using the tag. I mostly am surrounded by other people within the community. Um, but I, I just... I just think that while it is important to give people courtesy and to try to see the best in them, I am learning the flip side where I need to not always do that because it sometimes right. is harmful to those in the stream and in the community already that right. feel like I'm letting someone question them. And that is mm -hmm. never my intent. No one is allowed to question your right to exist and who you are. That is fucking right. you. And I will not stand by people questioning that. I think I right. sometimes lost the line between it's important to educate people so they stop being ignorant towards us as a community versus is this harm more harmful to the community allowing that discussion? So it's a fine right. balance that I am learning. I just want to do a huge thank you to our guest today, Lara. You can find her on Crimmy C on Twitch.tv. Yeah, I know Beta added the guest uh, command because he thinks things through. Uh, Philippa, aka Phil. I don't really think I ever call you Philippa anymore. <laughs> um, but you can find... You can find them on twitch.tv slash Philippa. And Beta, even though says co-host and doesn't show his Twitch handle, Nerds Alive, you can go find him. I appreciate all the support and everyone being here and just having these discussions has been truly, truly appreciated. This was an incredibly important topic and I was glad we were able to do it during Pride Month. That was something I really wanted to do and was special for a lot of us. We kind of had our own Pride since I've never really gotten to go to Pride and like done the whole hurrah of it so you know i, I think this was from it. it was pride <laughs> without the booze so. <laughs> exactly but you know we can we can make up for that later bye everyone bye bye, bye.